Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. Adlon Curry takes another three. It's up and good. He's got 62. On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam. Oh, by Oubre. He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Ball thrown in. JTA finds Oubre Jr. Open three. Top of the key on the way. Good. He's got 40. He's 7 of 10 from 3, That's Tim. a new career high for Kelly Oubre Jr. 40 points. And what a night for Kelly Oubre Jr. Woo. What a night for the Golden State Warriors as we welcome you in. Warriors win at Dallas tonight. 147 to 116, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you as always. Wow, the nine-man Warriors without a center going to Dallas, and they, they laid a second half thumping on the Mavericks tonight, Covey. Man, first of all, the Mavericks, they don't play any defense. We knew that. Dubs messed around and almost hung a buck fitty on them. Uh, what a team win tonight. Just when I thought they were out, they pull us back in, J.D. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, nine guys deep, no problem. Mavericks were coming to this one thinking, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to beat this undermanned Warriors team with no bigs. It was speed. It was hustle. It was determination. It was a team game. 37 dimes tonight, J.D. And, and for a game where the Mavericks scored a buck 16, Warriors got some stops. They held the Mavericks to 40 points in the second half. They were phenomenal. Yeah, it was all about the second half for the Warriors in this one, and, and the Mavs were they were hot from three uh, in, in the first half. And w- when you look at it, I mean, Golden State w- was in a position where the Mavs came into this one. They're the worst three point shooting team in the NBA, and and Dallas was humming uh, early on in this game, and it was really what was keeping them in the game. I mean, it was back and forth, not a lot of defense. Uh, the Mavs hit 15 three-pointers in the first half. They were 15 for 29. So that means they were 5 for 21 in the second half. And you just had that feeling as the Warriors were basically going through a layup line uh, or a wide-open three-shooting you know, drill over the course of this game. You thought, you know what? If, if the Mavs just cool off a little bit, 
the game was always kind of teetering on the brink of, hey, the Warriors might actually run them out if Dallas starts missing threes at the level that they typically do. And that's exactly what happened in the second half. 36-20 Warriors in the third. And then 37-20, so much impressive about the Golden State second half performance. But the shorthanded second unit tonight, Covey, of uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Damian Lee, Brad Wanamaker, they put it on Dallas at the beginning of the fourth quarter to where Steph and Draymond didn't even have to come back in the game uh, with a nine-man Warrior squad, could just rest up, get ready to head back to the hotel, and get ready for the rematch uh, on Saturday night. A whole hell of a lot of impressive for the Warriors in this big win. Yeah, and this is one, I know the Mavericks have been struggling, but when you look at all the factors at play coming into this game, uh, this is the kind of win that that shows you a lot about uh, your team and, and the way that these guys are going to compete. Uh, this this was, uh, I hope what, what we'll look back on is a, a pretty important night for the Warriors this season. Um, I know there's been some inconsistent play, but it's just, you know, I, I even said it after the Boston game the other night, wouldn't it be just like the Warriors to come out in Dallas, win this game, and have us all right back in uh, Uh, And when they win, there's some truisms, right? Kelly Oubre and Draymond Green are usually the guys that swing it one way or another. Both of those guys were phenomenal tonight. Obviously, a career high for Kelly Oubre. And I thought Draymond Green was incredible at at that, you know, point forward spot. And also, of course, he played a lot at the five tonight as well. Uh, Shout out to Juan Toscano Anderson, J.D. The two-way game on point. uh, and, And it was just a lot of heart and determination. So a really fun watch, too. And it's funny you say, you know, about the game. I tweeted this out, I don't know, maybe uh, midway through the third quarter. I'm like, I feel like the Warriors could be up by 20 or down by 20. You know, at that point, it was only, you know, the Warriors were up by a couple of points. But, you know, you had the Mavericks hitting all these threes. So you're like, oh, man, this this could get ugly if the Warriors go through any any prolonged drought, maybe when Steph's resting, something like that. Uh, but then you also kind of felt, man, the way the Warriors are running and the Mavericks' lack of interest in playing any modicum of defense, the Warriors could be up 20 in the blink of an eye. It just it seemed like the Warriors, certainly by the time the third quarter wrapped up, uh, deserved to be in the position that they were. And then shout out to that that next unit. I don't even want to call it the second unit, right, JD? When you only have nine guys, uh, shout out to the dudes that were out there to start the fourth uh, for for closing this thing out. So Steph and Dre could could uh, could ice it up and get ready for uh, for Saturday night. Yeah, three-fifths of the bench unit at the start of the fourth quarter was also the starting unit when you look at Juan <laughs> Anderson. So there's that, and, yeah. Andrew Wiggins and, and, and Kelly Oubre Jr. as uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. goes for a career-high 40 in this one as the Warriors win it, 147-116. to 888 I'll just ask the question for Kelly Oubre and for Draymond Green. Uh, how you like me now? How you like us now? Because there was a whole lot of noise, as there typically is anytime the Warriors lose, uh, surrounding both of those players, and both of them were just absolutely terrific tonight uh, in the ball game. Kelly Oubre, uh, seven of ten from three point range, and Draymond Green, uh, just one assist shy of equaling his career high of sixteen. Uh, he, he got to eleven points, but it was it was the eleven point six board fifteen assist game that was. Was Western Conference Finals in 2019 against Portland? Draymond Green on full display. He he senses weaknesses in teams, and I think that's one thing the Warriors have done. They sense, I think, early 
in games the teams that they can kind of have their way with, in particular offensively. And I think the Warriors smelled blood a little bit tonight against this Dallas team that struggles. And again, now 8-1 and one against teams that are currently under 500. You, you tack another one onto that list. You don't think of Dallas really in that way, considering how, how good they were last year. But that's where they are right now and really struggling. And, and the Warriors able to take advantage. But that was, that was closer to vintage Draymond pushing the tempo and the ball hopping around. And, and him finding players and setting people up. No question. He was he was locked in tonight. And, you know, uh, at halftime, Knuckles and I jumped in the Audi and went and got a little bit of round table, right? Had to get a little dinner, you know, because I know we're going up to 10 tonight. So I'm like, let's go get a little pepperoni and pineapple pizza with some garlic twists. And, and I'm riding out and I'm, I'm listening to the broadcast on 95.7 The Game. I'm listening to Tim Roy and, and, uh, and Jim Barnett. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this Warriors team, when, when they play against opposition that like lets them push the pace, and clearly when you don't have any centers, it, it's always going to be advantageous to push the pace. These guys got a, a bunch of athletic, high IQ guys right that that tend to make the right play. And when you're out there with Draymond and, and Steph, you know, and, and even guys like Damian Lee, who I think is is a pretty good passer, Brad Wanamaker, uh, Kent Bazemore, you know, I know he, he's uh, apt for the uh, for the bad turnover every now and again, but these guys are so adept moving off the ball and and when they can play against teams that let the that that let the Warriors play in transition Golden State can make a lot of hay when they get bogged down a little bit uh is when they have to play in the half court you know they don't have a bunch of guys like Harden and and KD who are gonna break down guys off the dribble or you know play with their back to the basket or you know have have some you know iso game anything no the Warriors are all about that ball movement they're all about being a step ahead making the right play making the hustle play and if the Dallas Mavericks weren't going to get back and play any defense tonight they had no shot and I think Dallas maybe underestimated the Warriors tenacity and the fact that they'll, they're, they're cool to play 48 minutes in fifth gear so it really occurred to me uh, and, and I know we've seen it all year but this was a specific matchup I said in the pregame I think the Warriors could score some points tonight even just with these nine uh, Dallas isn't a great defensive team but the way the Warriors push that pace that's when they're at their absolute best so we've seen it for a number of years it's a different cast of characters uh, but the same mentality uh, for this basketball team when they're at their best. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey at 95.7. The game Warriors win it tonight in Dallas, 147 to 116. The Warriors led in the second half by as many as 34. They win it by 31. Let's get to Will in Berkeley here on 95.7. The game. Will, you're up first tonight on Warriors wrap-up. Hey, Will. Hey, what's up, fellas? I have to personally apologize to Kelly Oubre tonight. I tweeted yesterday that I thought he was trash, that he couldn't do it. And he you know, he he, he you know, he did it. he did what he had to do tonight. So I was really proud of him. But I think the issue with what's going on with the Warriors is we keep thinking about all these the Warriors of old, how the rhythm was going on, you know, everything was in sync and this is what they did tonight. And I think part of the issue is we're training these young guys and we don't have enough time to be playing the game. We're training the game. And so I think if they try to figure out a squad that they can not train every single game and that they can just flow like this, I think they'd be in a, in a really good rhythm. Well, we appreciate the call. I think, look, for the Warriors, as far as that last point first, they're in a position right now where they're trying to do both. They're trying to win as much as they can while I think – acknowledging maybe not openly but you know behind closed doors i think they know they're not a championship team 
but but they're trying to win as many games as they as they can, but they're also trying to develop. And I think at times, and tonight it was really on full display, you know, you only have nine guys, you don't have any centers, you just go play, and you know what the rotation's going to be, and everybody's going to get in, and the game's going to be free-flowing and loose, and, and you're just going to play in basketball. I mean, I, we'll probably play the cut later, but I was I was in on the, the post-game Zoom uh, and, and watching Steve Kerr, and, and listening to what he had to say, and, and he referenced Nelly. He said he felt like Nelly, not calling any plays. Basically, the only thing they were doing was calling plays out of timeouts. It's just once you get out there, you're just playing basketball. And I think there was there was a freedom to that. It, it really allowed the Warriors to be loose and, and, and have some fun tonight, the guys that, that were available to play, and I think it benefited them. No question. And I, I feel like this team has earned Steve Kerr's trust in that respect uh, to where he's willing to go out and let him do that, especially on a night like tonight where, again, you're playing against a team that's been struggling. They're, they're not known for their defensive prowess. Uh, you know, the, the Warriors are shorthanded, so they're going to need to push that pace. Just playing that, uh, playing that free-flowing style uh, was always going to be their best path to victory, and, and tonight they were able to do it. I was so impressed with the movement off the ball tonight, J.D., right? I mean, you know, they're running split action, they're running pick and roll, they're doing all this stuff, and and just guys are just engaged, and, and there's a, there's a there's an energy around that, right? And, and I think that's what was always fun early on in the Steve Kerr years, like, you know, even before Kevin Durant, like those first two years uh, of going to the finals, obviously winning the first one, there was, there was such a freshness to it, and when the ball's moving around like that, everybody's so engaged, because you never know when it might be coming to you, so everybody's got their head on a swivel, and it could be your turn, uh, you never know when it's going to come your way, and and you know, and then and then you start to feed off of that, and then you want to make the unselfish play, be the guy that makes the great pass, right? And um, you know, I, I think that this was kind of a, a, a harken back to that era uh, of Warriors basketball, and it's it's such a fun style of basketball to watch, right? I mean, who wants to sit there and watch somebody dribble for 18 seconds and then try and break somebody down, and you know, maybe run a high pick and roll? So I mean, nobody wants to watch that, you know, all night. Like that first half, you know, I know they were kind of trading them back and forth, but but that was just fun basketball because there were even some good defense in there. But by the second half, I mean, the Warriors, they had just worked up a really nice lather uh, and the Mavericks didn't have any answers. That's as, that's as, as much of a team win, J.D., as you will find. It was so fun to watch. It, it really was, and I think there were, there's a discipline to it. And, and there was a lot of Steph and Draymond yeah. and, and, and some vintage two, two-man game, but there's a discipline to it to know the opponent and know that if you run your stuff and you play basketball that way, and I think the Warriors did sense this early on with the opponent because Dallas has been so bad defensively. I think they, they had some success Right, they're they're working thirty six in the first quarter, thirty eight in the second quarter. I mean, just look, I mean, you go for one forty seven, you go thirty six, thirty eight, thirty six, thirty seven. I mean, think about that in, in in the four quarters tonight. But early in the game, it it was cuts. It was it was either an open three or it was an easy basket inside, or maybe the Warriors were getting to the free throw line. So it just everything was working. And because the Warriors were disciplined enough to stick to that plan early and play that way. They had success with it because Dallas is so bad defensively, and once you have success with it, then it becomes second nature. Then it's like a feeding frenzy. It's like, all right, let's let's just go get it. And I think in the second half, I mean, there was a, that stretch in the third quarter where the Warriors took the game over, where it was literally a layup line. It was, it was guys yeah. cutting, oh, wide open layup, oh, drive, oh, wide open layup, wide open three. I mean, it was just it was it was a clinic, and th- yeah, I think it was a loosely played game both ways, but. 
once you get in that kind of game and you let a team get into a rhythm, and Dallas did, and the Warriors were playing the right way, it was it was over. The Warriors were going to have a massive night. The only question was, could Dallas keep up for me? And when Dallas cooled off from three, this thing turned into a blowout. Yeah, JD, you, you go back to you know the third quarter, and they're kind of trading buckets, right? And uh, with five twenty six left in the third quarter. Porzingis uh, hit a jumper to make it 95-93. The Warriors' lead was cut down to two. Oubre gets a three on the ensuing possession, and that started the the run uh, that the Warriors closed out the third and obviously carried into the fourth quarter. They outscored the Mavericks 52-23 to over the final 17-30 of this basketball game. They held the Mavericks to 23 points for the final 17-30. That's noteworthy enough. And then the fact that they hung 52. I mean, I know both teams, both teams had it working in the first half, but once the Mavs cooled off from three-point range, they weren't earning their buckets the way that the Golden State Warriors were. They were hanging in that game because they were hitting threes, and they thought, oh, we'll just we'll trade buckets. And, and how about this? In a game where the Warriors don't have any bigs, they outscored the Mavericks in the paint tonight, 54-36. They out-rebounded the Mavericks tonight, 45-42. Uh, so even in all the areas that you would expect a team short on bigs to get throttled, the Warriors had the advantage there. They had a huge edge in points in the paint. It wasn't obviously, you know, their guys, you know, like they didn't have any bigs dunking or anything. It was guys attacking the cup, getting jams, uh, and just being aggressive as all get out. So, yeah, man, they just they had it unlocked all night in the Mavericks. They, they just looked a step slow. And, and I want to ask you, J.D., it seemed like Luka was a little bit pouty tonight. I don't know. I just felt like he was kind of, man, I got to play with these guys right now. I don't know. I just sent some bad vibes for, uh, for old Dick Carlisle's team tonight. Well, it's, it's the bad vibes of a team that, that comes in and, and has lost at the level that they've lost. I mean, they've lost seven of eight now. Uh, they were, they're in a position where I think it's nine out of 12 now that they've lost. If, if you take it a little bit deeper uh, than even that, I mean, they're, they're just, they're not playing well. And as the losses mount uh, during this season, I, I think a player like Luca starts to think, wait a minute, how, like, can we turn this thing around? And I think they're kind of at that pivot point right now where, you know, it's nine and 14 and, you know, we, We've joked about Steve Kerr saying, hey, 20 games in, you kind of know your team. Well, now we're a little bit beyond 20 games in, and, and the Mavs are at 23. And, you know, they've had some COVID issues as well, like like many teams in the league have that, that have really thrown them out of whack, uh, going back a ways. But now they're, they haven't been able to get back on track as quickly as I think they would have believed they could have. So that's just kind of Luka. And they, they play a style that, you know, it's basically get the ball to Luca and let Luca either make a a play for himself or make a play for somebody else. And they're putting a lot on the young fella right now. And it and it feels like too often now tonight they were making shots for him in the first half, but too often he's kicking it to guys that 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 aren't making shots consistently. And I think that can build a, a level of of frustration uh, and a a weight to to feel like he has to do more. So I, I think the Warriors. Uh, and, and I, I tweeted this, and, and I was texting back and forth a little bit with with Matt Steinmetz during the game. It's like Dallas was just the perfect opponent. I know you mentioned this on Warriors Live. Like it's the perfect opponent at the perfect time. They're not playing well. They got the win last night, so the monkey was off their back a little bit. They probably let up seeing the Warriors come in, given how up and down the Warriors have been. And the Warriors were buttoned up. They were loose. And and it was just it was a perfect storm, especially in the second half, where the Warriors were able to get out uh, and and dominate this thing. And now you know what? 
let's see how both teams respond because it's probably right. going to be the same nine for the Warriors on Saturday. And now Dallas is really feeling it. They've lost six straight home games. The, the win from last night's wiped away. Uh, they've got some big-time questions uh, now. I like the Warriors having another shot at these guys on, on Saturday night in front of a, another national audience. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. It's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, and you you look at this game coming up Saturday night, and, you know, these, whatever you want to call them, the baseball series, I know that they've officially been dubbed, J.D. Uh, you know, the Warriors, one and one uh, in the first couple, right, uh, with the uh, with the Trailblazers and the Clippers, and then they got the sweep against, uh, against Minnesota. Now, they've won the, the tail end of all three, right? So when the Warriors have seen somebody that second time around, they've gotten the best of them. Uh, this is a massively important game for the Dallas Mavericks uh, coming up because I, I laid out their schedule on this homestand they've got coming up. they got the Timberwolves, the Pistons, like, uh, you know, the, the Atlanta's coming back this way. They just beat Atlanta. So this was, for them, like the, the moment in their season where they were supposed to get it back on track. Okay, for them, you lose tonight night fine uh you know maybe you were always just going to split with the Warriors but imagine how situation critical it will be in Dallas if they mess around and lose that game on Saturday as well because then all of a sudden you're 9 and 15 now you're six games under 500 now you know you need to play a really nice stretch of 15 games just to get to 500 let alone over it and make some headway in the, in the west now obviously the Golden State Warriors can't worry about that they just need to bank wins any which way that they can and and to do it on a night where you didn't have any big men at your disposal I think just speaks to the competitive spirit and and look two guys that I was pretty hard on and, and you know collectively I think Warriors fans have have been pretty disappointed with was Draymond Green and Kelly Oubre and both of those guys certainly that was Kelly Oubre's best game as a Golden State Warrior I don't even think that's debatable and I would I'd probably go so far as to say that was Draymond Green's best game of the year tonight too would you agree with that? It, it was he was terrific. I mean it it, it was yeah I would the think Laker so. game I mean, was the, good the, the Laker, the Laker game, game was pretty damn good. In the second half, though, remember he, at halftime, I mean, we were going it's back true. and forth during that game like, man, Draymond doesn't have it. In the second half, That's he right. was excellent. Uh, but it was those two in both games that played very well and, and helped the Warriors uh, to, to win both of those games. Warriors win tonight, 147-116. to 116. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Warriors wrap up, 888-957-9570. We're going to be with you until 10 o'clock here tonight on 95.7. The game will keep Warriors wrap up rolling until about 8.40 or so, and then we'll flip it over and, and have about an hour, hour and 15 of the final word for you here on 95.7. The game. Uh, like we do each and every night here. I, I want to run through uh, Kelly Oubre a little bit here it, because it's been so up and down, and we talked about it on Tuesday night. When it's down and it's bad and the Warriors lose, it's really bad. But I'm, I'm looking at this thing right now, just running through the season to this point. Uh, tonight, obviously, uh, and I, I want you to count these, and I'll, I'll, I'll play along with you as we go. Like okay. games where Kelly Oubre has been good, and the Warriors have won. And tonight, we'll, we'll just we'll count tonight, and then we'll run through them. Tonight's a one. Uh, Detroit, going back to December 29th, he, he was good, shot 60%, 14 points, five boards, Warriors win. So he was good in a game that they won. He was good when they beat Portland the night that Steph went for 62. So that's three. He was good against Sacramento. That's four. He was he uh, uh, running through, keeping it moving. 
It wasn't great against Toronto. The Laker game, he was good, so we'll give him five there. He was good against San Antonio, six. Uh, Good. You want to give him a good for the second game against Minnesota or both games against Minnesota? Let's give him the second game. You want to give him both? I say both. Yeah, I say both. For sure the second one. But, hey, look, in the first one, hey, goes four and nine, hits two of his three three three-pointers, gives you 14 points, six rebounds, four dimes, only one turnover, uh, four or five from the line. I think that that, that was a good night. And the Warriors, you know, they end up winning that game pretty comfortably. I know the second game against Minnesota was a better, quote, team win, even though it was by fewer points. But I still thought Uber was pretty good in that first one. So, all right, so that's up to seven. The Detroit game, he was good. Warriors win. And then tonight, he was good. Warriors win. So, uh, that's what, eight? Eight, nine? I lost count. I, 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 I violated my own count. But we'll, let's just that's call it eight. So, eight games, give or take one, where, you know, the Warriors sit here at 12 and 10, and, you know, that's eight games where Kelly Oubre's really helped them out of the 22 games that they've played at, at, at this point. So it's not like it's been all bad. And I think on a night where he goes for a career high, we need to take a little bit of a deeper look and run through that. And, and, and that doesn't mean, you know, look, you want him to play better, obviously, more than a third of the time. But it's not like he's been a net zero. I think sometimes when things go bad, he gets spoken of as if he's been a net zero. And that hasn't been the case. If, if they don't have him playing well in some of the games that he's played well, we'd be having a much different conversation about this Warriors team overall. No, I think it's a fair point, J.D., and I think what's the, the most telling out of all of this, there is a clear distinction between Kelly Oubre's performances equating to Warriors winning and Warriors losing. I mean, because we could, we could also flip the script on that, right? Uh, you know, and, and you could really draw a line from the Warriors' losses and a direct correlation to Kelly Oubre's three-point shooting. Now, I know those things aren't necessarily uh, joined at the hip, but it certainly feels that way. I mean, you know, Boston 1 for 3, Phoenix 0 for 5, Utah 0 for 2, Knicks 0 for 4. I mean, you just start, you know, uh, you just start going down the list. Uh, you know, the, the first Clippers loss 0 for 6, Portland loss 0 for 4, Milwaukee 0 for 5, Brooklyn 0 for 6. I mean, these are just like 0 for the guys, the guys only had three games uh, of their losses where he's even hit a single three-pointer. He's been goose-egged in the other ones. So, um, sure, if Kelly – I think it's, a, it's pretty clear. Like, when Kelly Oubre plays well, the Warriors have enough scoring and enough balance to where you don't end up wasting a Steph night or, uh, you know, you can overcome maybe not getting your – ample bench production. I mean, there's just basically a direct correlation between Kelly Oubre, when he plays well, this Warriors basketball team wins. Because, look, the margins are razor thin, and he plays a lot of minutes. He plays a very important role in this offense. Uh, he gives you defense most nights, although, you know, he's had some some even rough moments in that respect lately. But when he's in a, a, a good flow offensively, I think that also permeates through the rest of the team because, you know, that means the threes are probably dropping, and, you know, that there so much of the Warriors' success is derived from that so it's not all on Kelly Oubre to to be the the factor whether this team wins or loses but typically you can pretty much draw a straight line between an Oubre quality performance and a Warriors win and in a tough night at the office for Oubre probably means the Warriors just lost yeah and tonight it all adds up to a career night for Kelly Oubre 7 of 10 from 3 14 of 21 overall Uh, he goes for 40 points and the Warriors win in Dallas 147 to 116. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and hear a little bit from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, here before we uh, pause uh, briefly. 
let let's hear about uh, let's hear from Steve Kerr talking about Kelly Oubre and and the open style of game that the Warriors were able to play tonight with no bigs. Yeah, it, it might. I mean, I think honestly, this style sort of fits everybody better. You know, when the game is like that, it's so loose and up and down. It feels almost like summer league. So. I think everybody is more comfortable in a in a in a small game where there's a lot of space and room to roam, and it's just a little easier to get rhythm. I think this has been coming. You know, obviously for Kelly, it's been a rough first quarter of the season, and yet within that span, he's had some excellent games for us. You know, he's played very well at times. He's he's just had some some really poor shooting nights during that span that people have locked in on. But you know, Kelly's getting more comfortable. Guys in the locker room love him and you know, want to help him. We continue to get comfortable, and, and this was obviously a great night for him and, and for the whole group. So do you think Kelly Oubre is closer to unlocking something, or the, or is this just going to be – is this just one of the ups? And you know what? There's probably going to be a couple more major ups and great games that he has, but there's also going to be the, the continuation of some of the games where he struggled the way that he has. Well, you just hope that uh, probably the short answer to that is, yeah, probably. Um, But you just hope that the games where he struggles mightily to the point where it's like, you know, Steve Kerr has got to pull him out of the game kind of a thing. You just hope those are few and farther between. I mean, Kelly Oubre is a really good player. Kelly Oubre is not a superstar. We know that. But he's a damn good player when he's right. And Guys that are, you know, kind of in that that next tier. You know, he's not a superstar. I wouldn't even call him a star, but he's capable, right? And he could pop off on any given night. Uh, you know, clearly he with that kind of athleticism, uh, there's a lot of things that Kelly Oubre can do on a basketball floor that a lot of guys can't. So um, you, you just hope that maybe some of the worst is behind him. There's still going to be some bumps in the road. But, I mean, you look at, like, I don't know, his first 10 games, J.D., and just – how awful it was and how hard everything was to come by for Kelly Oubre. Uh, and then you look at the, you know, the last 10, it's, it's a real stark contrast. I mean, you know, he's had a couple of clunkers in there, you know, he, you know, Boston, he, he shot the ball. Okay. But by and large, we all saw he was bad the other night. Obviously the Phoenix game was a rough one. That loss in Utah was bad, but let's face it, Phoenix, Utah, even the, the uh, Knicks game, nobody played well in Golden State in those games. But he's had enough good games of late, uh, you know, a couple of Minnesota games, Detroit, Dallas tonight, um, He's it, certainly uh, the, the Lakers game. So I would say in the last 10, he's probably hitting at more about, you know, 6 out of 10 uh, than like 3 out of 10, which he was early in the year. So I don't know, if you can, if you can get seven good performances – Two eh, and one clunker every ten for Kelly Oubre. You'll take that right now. Um, that would that would be certainly uh, acceptable the rest of the way. Um, it's easy to forget too because he's had struggles. Like guys are just going to have bad nights. Guys are even going to have bad stretches. If Kelly Oubre had a bunch of equity with his fan base, and you know, like let's let's say let's just follow me down this one for a second. He he had a really nice showing in Phoenix, right? Let's just say that he got off to this kind of a start this year in Phoenix, that fan base would have wrote it out with him. Why? Because they know, hey, look, Kelly Oubre's done some nice things. Uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before he gets his game back. We've seen it. Warriors fans hadn't seen it yet. So he didn't have that that goodwill built up. Hence, he started to feel the pressure of rocking that New Jersey. But now it seems like maybe he's gotten over the hump a bit, and now he can just settle into being a guy that, you know, two out of three games, by and large, he's going to be pretty good, and, you know, he'll mix in a few clunkers. But that's just kind of who Kelly Oubre is anyway. You just hope that the worst is behind him. 
Yeah, and I, I think I think you make a great point there. Uh, it's it's a matter of he had a little bit of stock built up with the Suns. Warriors here, not so much. But I think at, at the same time, I, there's also the belief in part of that is I think the Warrior fan base expects everybody that comes in from the outside to be better with the Warriors. Like automatically, like it's just you're just going to be better just for being here. And I think at times, and you know what? It can be an adjustment depending on the player. It it, it isn't as automatic as I think sometimes some believe that sure. that it will be. Uh he's Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up on 957 the game. More from Steve Kerr, also Kelly Oubre and Stephen Curry. Warriors get the win tonight, 147 to 116 right here on 957 the game. Five to Scano Anderson, back to Draymond, over to Curry. Curry left wing, the jumpers up and good and now they have the most points in any half this season, 74. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. And Tim Roy on the call there. Warriors had 74 in the first half, and just for good measure, Covey, they had 73 in the second half. So, yeah, (laughs) most points in the first half, and then they were able to basically duplicate it in the second half. And I'm not sure what was more impressive tonight in the Warriors' 147-116 to victory over the Mavs. Was it the third quarter where the, the starters took control of the game, 36-20, or was it the fourth quarter where Stephen Curry and Draymond Green didn't even have to come back into the game because the bench group, and again, the, I, I say that, jokingly because 60% of the unit was actually starters from tonight, but the non-Curry Draymond group was able to push the lead out to an extent where the Warriors didn't even have to put those two back in the game. Which for you was more impressive? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with the fourth quarter cuz they they closed that bad boy out and you know, look, the the Warriors went on that really nice run to end the third and, and stretch what what had been a two-point game uh you know, obviously into a pretty sizable lead. Um but then it was okay, can can this group hold the line, right? Can can these guys just hold on to this lead cuz you kind of felt, you know, the way Dallas had been shooting the rock like, you know, in the first half, if you know, maybe they would catch fire again from 3. Uh, so you weren't really sure how it was going to play out. And then you're thinking, well, you know, the Warriors, the shorthanded group, like, is it all just going to kind of catch up to them? But no, nah, man, they just kept coming. They fed off of it. And and so that's why the fourth quarter was even more impressive um, because they just put this thing on ice. All of a sudden you look up, and you're like, man, the lead's 18. Now it's 26. Now it's 30. Like, they just they just kept putting it away, and and then at that point, Draymond and and Steph can stay on ice. And look, when you talk about like what would really like set this team back, JD. I mean, obviously, right now this this team's dealing with a, a ton of injuries at the five. It's it's tough sledding, no doubt about it. But when you start thinking about the things that could really clip this season off the rails, obviously Steph Curry missing any amount of time. Draymond Green missing any amount of time, Andrew Wiggins missing any amount of time, uh, that would be crushing for this club. So you can't overstate the importance and the value, especially on a night where you got nine guys where Steph Curry and Draymond Green get to take a fourth quarter off. Remember a couple years ago, like that was just straight up, you know, to to steal one of your terms, kind of damn near price of admission, right? I mean, how many fourth quarters did Steph just 
chew on a towel on the fourth quarter, uh, you know, while, while bench guys would go in and do their thing. Um, it, it, those have been few and far between, uh, you know, the last two seasons for sure. Um, so you, you just you can't overemphasize how important those games are uh, to their long-term sustainability and making sure these guys are fresh for the second half of the season. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Warriors getting the job tonight. And I, I, I just I, I can't tell you how much – just getting the win in the first game of the trip means, uh, as far as I'm concerned, just laying everything out. You just you immediately stop all of the negative vibes coming off of the game on Tuesday and the, the missed opportunity in a game where Steph was, was fantastic. By the way, Steph was cooking again at that level in this ball game tonight. Just didn't need to be playing in the fourth quarter. He was awesome tonight. Uh, in the in the first quarter and in the first half, just really getting loose and helping to set the tone. But but you you wipe away the bad taste from Tuesday. You, you get the win to improve to twelve and ten. And we were talking about it the last couple of nights. How just at the at a very minimum, you got to get one. And if you just look at the matchups with these two teams, two and two uh, is is on the table, and and two and two would be a success. Now they've got a shot. Now they've got a shot to be, you know, to to get that two and two, and maybe get it with ease. Like now they can go into Saturday and 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 just play free. I think a lot like they played tonight, and you're just you're you're not worried about things maybe getting tight. Like uh oh, you lost tonight, and maybe you lose two, and then it's like where's that next win coming? This team's in great shape to kind of keep this thing moving again. Can we maybe just say that the Warriors just might be a better basketball team than the Dallas Mavericks? I, I know, I know, Luca's a superstar, and and Porzingis is he's the unicorn, uh, you know, for the portion of his career that he's actually been healthy and able to put a jersey on. But I, I just feel like the Warriors, they've established their identity and what they want their complementary pieces to be, right? And you know, at some point this year, guys like Damian Lee and, and Wanamaker, they've they've all had their fingerprints on wins, and, and Andrew Wiggins like has been such a threat two-way. Uh, they, they've just gotten a lot of different contributions. Even on a night, it's so funny, on a night where the Warriors dress nine guys, Golden State felt like the deeper club. And I know that this game was really conducive to their style of play, but hey, that's, you know, that's on Dallas for for not flipping the script on them either, right? I mean, you know, Dallas is playing at home. They got a full squad. They're coming off a win last night. Like they should have been able to dictate terms. So, I don't know. I mean, I I I'm not going to bet against the Warriors uh on Saturday night because look, Dallas, they've they were the second best three-point shooting team in the league last year. They're the worst three-point shooting team in the league this year. And they actually had a really good night tonight by their standards. I know when it was all said and done, they were, what, 20 of 50? Still 40%. It's pretty damn good. Uh, I don't think that they – I'd be more apt to feel that the Warriors could replicate the kind of game that they played tonight than Dallas would be able to replicate what they did in the first half, if that makes sense. So um, I know Dallas will be more desperate, and usually the more desperate team in the NBA wins. But I don't know, man. I, I, I agree with you, J.D. Like, 2-2 two and two is certainly within their reach now. And when we talked about this little five-game stretch with Boston and then the, the four in Texas, I said 2-3 and three would, would be a win. Now that's certainly within their reach. And, I mean, I think maybe they could aim even higher. You want to get greedy now for sure and take your Hell chances yeah. and, and, and try and get another one. I, I thought it was interesting. This, the 39th set of the the baseball-style back-to-backs, uh, 21 sweeps and 17 splits in the first 38. I, I found that number when I, when I heard it to be 
a little bit surprising. There, there's actually been more sweeps than splits, and, and, and you had the note earlier, the Warriors have won the back end of each of the first three against Portland, the Clippers, and, and then Minnesota. So uh, the Warriors have been, you know, the more they've been on the floor with an opponent, they've, they've been able to play well. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, teams, uh, I don't think all teams around the NBA to a team hustle like the Golden State Warriors do. And I don't know, maybe them getting their their tails kicked the way that they did the first couple of games of the season. You know, I I don't know whether it was a kind of a come to Jesus moment or, you know, collectively they were just like, okay, well, that ain't going to cut it. But (laughs) there's been a there's been a buy in. Right. And, And, you know, sometimes in life, I mean, I'm a walking embodiment of this. You have to get knocked down. You have to get humbled. And then you get back up and you've got a new perspective. You know what it means to get your teeth kicked in. So you want to make sure we don't have that happen again. Fear is a very powerful motivator, right, J.D.? Uh, and there's a lot riding on this team this year. So there's, I know there's a, you know, the psychology aspect of it. There's, there's a lot of different layers to it. But I just feel like this team has bought in. They're, they're getting in behind Steph. He's leading the charge. Andrew Wiggins is clearly bought in. You can tell playing here in Golden State is a breath of fresh air for him as compared to playing for Minnesota. Um, you know, hopefully Draymond's getting closer to closer to being in shape. And, and that's when you find out a lot about teams. I mean, who could have, uh, you know, I don't, it's not about blame, but who would have really been all that surprised? Like, you know, an NBA team that's down to nine guys. Like, in this situation, the Golden State Warriors – at best, we're supposed to be able to maybe eke out a tight win in the fourth quarter. They weren't supposed to be able to go into Dallas tonight and hang a buck forty-seven on the maps, right? Like that to me speaks to you know a, a, a team that's overachieving and a team that's totally buying into the team concept. Because look, they're not they're not the Lakers, they're not the Clippers, like they're not the, they're not the, the Brooklyn Nets. They're not supposed to just be able to do this, especially so shorthanded. So I think there's something to this team, man. Like. They've, they, they just had a bad, a tough loss against Boston the other night, and I just love, time and time again, we've seen this team get back up. And I know that's kind of looking at the glass half full because, well, clearly the reason they keep having to get up is because they keep kind of getting knocked down, hence them just hovering around 500 all year. But that's, that's not nothing for me, J.D. They haven't lost more than two games in a row at any point this year. Oh, yeah, and guess what? Uh, oh, yeah, not quite yet. I was going to say they have a chance to win three in a row. But, no, they do have a chance to get three games over 500, which they haven't been able to do. That's what they do have an opportunity to do Saturday night. Still searching for that three-game winning streak, but win Saturday night, you'll be three games over 500 for the first time this year. 888-957-9570. We got some people that want to talk here. It's Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Let's uh, get to Eric and Milbray. Eric, you're up next here on Warriors wrap-up. Hey, Eric. What's up, fellas? What's, What's going on, man? Looking uh pretty impressive uh, win tonight, uh, the best uh, collective uh, win of the season so far uh, across the board. This was like the old days, strength in numbers, uh, outstanding game on both ends there for the Dubs against a desperate uh, Mavs team that was reeling, probably thinking they would come in and, and take out the undermanned Warriors team. And for the Warriors to come in there and pull them, pummel them like they did was uh, just beautiful basketball across the board. Uh, salute to uh, uh, Ubre who finally broke out Hopefully a game like this really gets him going, knowing that he can have a monster game and when he's locked in, can have that that Curry-type gang shooting a rock. Uh, Curry, Draymond Wiggins, everybody pitched in. That was a really great basketball. And uh, hopefully, guys, I'm looking at maybe 3-1. If you can't sweep, I'm looking at 3-1 because San Antonio, Dubs normally play them pretty well. I'm looking at that Saturday night game. Mavs, I don't know what the hell's going on with them, but I think that's a, a, another winnable game. And then hopefully we can uh, – split in San Antonio. So uh, 
looking at the standings here, guys, um, there's going to be probably a couple of good teams that are not going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, if you if you guys have to bet on that, I know in the shortened season, uh, looking at the bottom there, who do you think is going to be the, the, the odd team left out? Because I think with this Dallas team, um, trading Seth Curry was a huge mistake. He was perfect for Agreed. Lucas' game and all the pressure on them. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Because uh, it's going to be a brutal here in the shortened season. I'll take your thoughts on that. Thanks. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and the Warriors are clear, clearly playing better basketball than than Dallas is uh, at this point. And, and if you if you want to look at it uh, as far as the you know uh, let's let's look at it as the top ten. I feel like uh, you know Utah Clippers, Lakers, Denver. That's your top four. I think Portland is in the top ten. I think Phoenix is in the top ten. I think the Warriors are in the top ten. That's currently right as we speak what the top seven is at that point. If you say, J.D., give me eight, nine, and ten. At this point, I do think Dallas figures it out and gets into that top ten at some point. Uh, so that would be eight teams. You know, Memphis was in the top ten last year, and they're playing pretty well. Although they've dropped two in a row, they're nine and eight. That's probably eleven. And at this point, I probably would go with the Rockets. Believe it or not, who've won seven of ten, and they've played actually really well since they rid themselves of James Harden uh, and the drama and got some talent back and and kind of let the guys that wanted to be there play. Uh, So if I had to pick 10, it would be them. I think San Antonio's in the mix, too. You know, Sacramento's playing a lot better, but I think they ultimately will probably have another cold spell and fall out of the race at some point in the next, you know, 35, 40 games. So um, I I think the Warriors should be in the top 10, and then it's just a matter of where you at. Yeah, boy, it's it's funny. I mean, you look at, at the Rockets, and it wasn't just about getting Harden out of there, which, you know, you're never a better basketball team um, when you, you get rid of a guy like James Harden. Um, you know, but the fact that they were able to swing a deal for Victor Oladipo uh, and bring him in to, to pair alongside Wall, and, and can we just say, too, Christian Wood's been playing his freaking ass off. So um, he, he's been incredible. I actually, yeah, I, I think the Rockets – uh, they they might be there uh, as far as in the in the playoff hunt for sure. Um, so I, I I agree with you on that one, JD. Uh, and then outside of that, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't think that Memphis is necessarily built for the long haul. But every time I think Memphis is kind of an also ran, uh, here they are, right? They they they're putting it together and uh, like you know I know they've lost a couple in a row, like you said, but they by and large have overachieved so far this year. The Thunder, I don't think they can hang. I just don't think they have enough top-end talent. Uh, I think the Pelicans, they're they're just not quite there yet from a talent standpoint. They're probably going to make some trades before this is all said and done. I don't know, man. The Mavericks, boy, they, they're going to need to find a whole nother gear. Like, if, if this seven-game homestand doesn't go their way, and I'm talking, you know, five and two, at least four and three. Like, if they go two and five or even three and four on this homestand, I know you got a lot of basketball left, and you're right. Luka can get real hot, but... Man, they just they don't seem to have a lot of depth. They don't seem to have shooters. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't co-sign 100% that I think Dallas is going to be there. Uh, I know a lot can change in a hurry. It's funny. Like, while the West is is still pretty top-heavy, um, there's and, – and I know that collectively, you know, they say, oh, the West doesn't – you know, it's, it's not, like, as good as it once was. There's still plenty of teams. Like, here's the bottom line. Outside of Minnesota – Literally anybody can beat anybody in the West on any given night. I mean, I think it's it's that drastic. So it's just about the teams that bring that consistency every night. And the good news is the Warriors, more often than not, bring 
their you know the closest version of their A game. The Warriors, JD, outside of you know the first couple and and then that first home game against Portland, they haven't had a lot of games you know where they just get straight up rolled, right? Even the Knicks game, you know, they were in it. Uh, the the Nuggets game, I know it kind of got away from them, but you know they they were a couple of buckets from being right back in that one. Okay, they got smoked out in Utah, but you know I I think there hasn't been as many games for the Warriors where they've gotten rolled up that I thought maybe they would when the season started. Yeah, it's basically been, with the exception of the Laker game, it's been road games against good teams have been the kryptonite. Like they, they there you the, go. the Denver game was ugly. The Phoenix game was ugly. Uh, the, the Utah game was ugly. The two games at the beginning of the year against good teams were ugly. The, the Lakers is the, the, the outlier among games against good teams on the road. Uh, other than that, those games have all, in, in their own way, maybe not all been blowouts, but they've all been ugly. Even the Denver and, and, and the Phoenix game, the Phoenix game did yeah. turn into a blowout. So I think if, you know, that's been the one kryptonite if you really wanted to try to put it, uh, you know, to try and put the, uh, that group uh, in a box. But the flip side of that is they're 8 and 1 against teams straight up that are that are under 500. So they're getting the job done to offset some of those road games against uh, some of the better teams. Let's hit West Oakland Sam here on 95.7 The Game on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, hey, Sam, what's going on, man? Here I, hey, Sam, here I am. What's going on, brothers? Hey, <laughs> if, Luka, if Luka can't cook, the Mavs are shook. That's That was my thing. That's what's going on with the Mavs to me. I mean, I was on a text thread like with two of my closest friends, and, and they were just really like, I can't believe the Mavs are playing like this. Um, I really just feel like Oubre for us, the common denominator is Oubre. He is the X factor. When he has these, these nights where he is playing above what he has been known to do for his career, and tonight was, I believe, the most points he's ever scored, um, He's just a difference maker. And I think uh, this tonight's game from beginning to end reminded me of when the Warriors had that death lineup uh, at the end of games to close it out with Iggy, and they had that small ball. I think there was a lot more comfort in the way we run our system with small ball rather than having, you know, a, a traditional big in there. You know what I mean? And if Wiseman can adjust his game to bring it up to the top like Bogut, if, if he could – kind of play that game as well as his little outside game and the way he plays. Uh, I think that's also a big factor. But um, Draymond, I think it's time to kill the noise with Draymond and his expectation for point totals. I think everything – he is he is an odd player to me because we want points from Draymond because we can't get other points beyond Curry some nights. But when Draymond has a game like he has tonight, it's like, oh – this is why. This is why we love Draymond. You know what I mean? And it's like, we got to respect this man. We got to respect Draymond for who he is as a leader and as a, just a, a field general. You know what I mean? And yeah. these are the night. And, and also, y'all, hold on, hold on. Also, we're going to go through this, I feel like, the whole year where we're, like, mad about how we lose, and then we win like this tonight, and we're like, okay, it could look like this some nights. I think we just got to understand that we are basically – a semi-500 team that could overachieve on some nights, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how we finish the end of the year because I think the Warriors are going to mess with our minds the whole year and think that we could play one way one night, and then the next night it's like, what the hell just happened? So this is an interesting season, but I think it's the most fun I've, I've had as a Warrior fan since like we believe, just in terms of the, the, the quality of players that we have right now. All right, guys, let's go. Take Sam. care. Appreciate it. Uh, good stuff there. I, th- I think that's right. On the nights where the Warriors don't 
play well, it's easy to look at the box score and go, well, this guy didn't bring it. And, and all the guys that, that don't have good nights on nights where the Warriors lose, they're going to be players that have a story, right? Like, it's, it's oh, if, on a night where the Warriors lose, oh, Oubre has a rough night. Well, there's Oubre again having a rough night. Nights where Draymond doesn't score. Oh, there's Draymond again not scoring. Like, damn it, Draymond's got to score. Like, there's, a, there's a, a built-in case to be made, I think, with this team on the nights where they don't play well, where it's easy to just kind of look at the box score and go, well, it's, it's just uh, this guy's got to do more, that guy's got to do more. But the one thing we also know about this Warriors team is they're one game away from any of those guys that, that are getting complained about from having a great game and being the reason why the Warriors win. So, yeah, you add it all up, I, I guess that is what 500 or, or slightly thereover is. Post-game shows and pre-game shows are for the micro view, right, J.D.? Final words for the macro view, okay? So, yeah, we're going to react to the games as they get played on the post-game because that's the most recent evidence that we have to go on. And, yeah, we have started to notice some trends throughout the season. I don't think there's any doubt. And, and Sam I am there makes a lot of great points. The only one I will take exception with is what he said there at the very end, which he said, I'm having the most fun watching this team since we believe. So five finals, three titles. I mean, come on. I, I just I, I know what he meant, but that just that's always gonna get me because going to five finals and winning three NBA titles and having parades and you know, Kevin Durant coming in free agency and even the team winning seventy three games and all the special things that happened uh, for those five seasons, that is the most fun a Golden State Warriors fan will ever have. Otherwise you're in it for the wrong reasons. I understand what he meant. I'm not trying to come down his road, but how easy it is for us to forget how special that was. And it almost felt like because I took plenty of calls over those years, JD, over at the other station and this one of man, it's almost like it's gotten a little bit boring doing all this yeah. winning. And I could just feel all the guys that I grew up with that watched this team struggle and suck out loud for as many years as they did just wanting to put their head through a wall like the people that had to watch Latrell Sprewell choke out PJ Carlissimo or all the bad draft picks that this team made watching Troy Murphy and Mike Dunleavy uh just all of that like it just it, it really hits home when I hear something like that so I'm sorry I just had to go on record there but much love to West Oakland Sam I am no, that's a, that's a great point. Some some notes and nuggets here uh, following the Warriors 147 to 116 victory over the Mavs. 22 threes, one shy of the Warriors' season high mark. They hit 23 against Sacramento back on January the fourth. Warriors three and zero when they hit 20 or more uh, from three point range. Uh, second time this season, all five Warriors starters. Scored in double figures, led by Kelly Oubre's 40. Of course, Stephen Curry uh, had 28 points uh, on the night. And uh, kind of a fun one for me, uh, via ESPN Stats and Info, the Warriors scored at least 35 points in all four quarters for the first time since, and this one just kind of made me laugh just because of the date, January 8th, 1991. So that was a, a happy 10th birthday, J.D., uh, 35 points in, in each of the four quarters uh, in, in that one uh, going back, gosh, 30 years ago. Uh, but, yeah, the Warriors were – it had a little bit of the Nelly feel tonight, and I know Steve Kerr even mentioned that in the postgame. We talked about it earlier. So I thought it was funny that we, we dug up a Nelly-era stat uh, from, from the Warriors, even kind of an obscure one like that uh, via ESPN Stats and Info. And, of course, the one that we followed uh, all year long, the Warriors again got to 110. So the Warriors are now 10-0 and when they score 
110 points. Uh, that means they're 2-10 and 10, uh, when they don't. They're 6-0 and 0 when they shoot at least 50% from the field and pass out 30 assists. And, and you look at it tonight, uh, the Warriors uh, in this victory, 37 assists on 51 makes. The ball was just, ball was just hopping, hopping everywhere. Yeah, and and I'm going to go on record, JD. I don't I don't know about ESPN stats and stats and info or everything, but uh, 37 assists for the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to go out on a limb and say when the Warriors get 37 assists, they're going to win every time this year. Okay, I'm just mark my words, mark the tape back at the station, boys. But that's that's gospel. 37 dimes equals Dubs just got a victory, uh, and it's so funny. I just pulled up the text line. Uh, even even Greg and SF, the the noted Warriors hater, said uh, uh, credit where it's no, due. just a Draymond hater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hater. did I say Warriors? I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. very much a Draymond hater. My bad. Yes, Greg. Sorry. Let me. Sorry. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I was reading the word Warriors when I said the take, so you know how that goes. Uh, hater. My brain works very slow. Yeah. No. He said uh, credit where it's due. Green actually went to the foul line a couple of times, which happens rarely. What's next? An offensive rebound. L O L. Ah, look at you with the zinger. Uh, and then of course, you know, some people coming down our road for uh, going in on Uber and Draymond. Look, man, when they play well, uh, we will. We will certainly, uh, you know, highlight it and, and talk about it and, and what makes them quality players. And, and when they don't, we're, we're going to talk about that, too. Like, that's kind of what we do around here. And, and neither one of those guys have been consistent this year. Great to see him go in the right direction. I think, J.D., I can speak for both of us here. We both want those guys to play well because that means the Warriors are doing well. That's good for our station. It's good for the Bay. It's good for morale. Like, this is, these are all good things. But we're also going to have to tell the truth, man, because that's also part of the job. This is not going to be the last night this season where Kelly Oubre has an awesome game, and it's not going to be the last night where Draymond Green has an awesome game, and Tuesday is not going to be the last night where both of those guys have bad games and people are screaming, what's wrong with Draymond, and and that Bob Myers needs to be calling 29 other teams in the league trying to make a deal uh, to, to get somebody in return for Kelly Oubre. It's, it's just the way it is, and I thought you hit it perfectly. It's the nature of pre- and post-game shows on a team that's going to win a little bit more than they lose, and that's what the Warriors have been to this point. All right, uh, we'll call it a night uh, as far as the Warriors wrap-up portion uh, of the evening goes. We'll pause. We'll come back. We'll, we'll get into a final word. Uh, 888-957-9570 if you want to keep the calls coming. We're just going to trade places and play an open. we still got maybe some sound to get to. We'll also talk a little football, uh, I think, in, in the 9 o'clock hour. So uh, keep it locked right here. Final word, same two guys uh, spitting into the microphone coming up next here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.